This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Welcome back. It's time for another edition of Unholstered. Hopefully you're having a fantastic weekend. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I represent the local media side here on Unholstered. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Gatina. I'm captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to Unholstered. Sophia and I have created this show, and it's really all about sharing and telling the stories that just don't often get told when it comes to law enforcement, obviously, specifically on a local level. But we talk all things law enforcement locally, regionally, nationally. Um, And right now, the big topic of conversation has been marijuana, Sophia. Marijuana, 420, whatever other thing you want to call it. Yes. (laughs) There are a lot of names as we learn. last week. Yes, there are. Um, Learning every day. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, this is a a pot talk series that we've had. In fact, this is episode number three of us talking about marijuana. Specifically, we've been talking a lot about legalizing it. That seems to be the hot topic right now, now that the elections are behind us. It's a really big topic here in Indiana as well. So if you've missed previous episodes of Pot Talk, you can go ahead and download the Unholstered podcast. Anywhere you download a podcast, listen from your mobile device, from your computer, uh, from your car, whenever works for you. Sophia, I'm really anxious to get to our guest today. So far, we've talked about the legalization of marijuana with a long-term recovering addict. Uh, we talked last week with a state representative um, out of the state house. Uh, Bob Morris kind of got the political side of things. And now we're getting more of the medical side. We are. And I'm happy I was able to touch base, base with someone. And it was actually a, a referral from Nate. Um, I was asking who I could reach out to in the medical field for this. And he gave me um, Dr. Tim Kavaleski. He's with Parkview. He's addiction medicine, family medicine Um, And I think we just want to dive right in after his brief introduction. So I'll let you introduce yourself, kind of give us your credentials. Um, Dr. Tim Kowaleski, as Sophia said, I work for Parkview. I'm uh, the addiction medicine specialist for Parkview. I sort of run an outpatient clinic. I do consults in the hospital, and I run our 30-day program. Addiction medical specialist? Yes. We need more of you. I don't feel like there are many of you. Around, I don't even know if I've ever heard of this position. <laughs> I think in Fort Wayne, there's four of us who are boarded in addiction wow. medicine. Yeah, wow. and so, you know, he is very busy, and I just want to take time to thank him for actually joining us today because it's important, and his work's important, and we really had to do some schedule shuffling around to get him in here today to the studio. So I'm excited about that. But let's jump right in because I want to talk about the brain. Um, the effects of marijuana on the brain, developing brain, young people. So kind of just give us some what you know of, of some marijuana. context. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I know it all. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we need to start off with talk about, the, you know, this is probably the most um, complicated substance of abuse. You know, there are literally people with Ph.D.s in cannabis. You know, they're doing research. We don't really understand this system. Um, it, how it really works. You know, opiates, I can tell you which receptors it works on, where it works on the brain. Uh, cannabis is a little bit more complicated. And part of it was because it was a Schedule One, so we never did any research on it. So we, you know, the research is just sort of developing in this area. So that's sort of where to start, you know. Um, so it's part of the endocannabinoid um, system, which is um, normally, you know, that runner's high people talk mm-hmm, about? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the endocannabinoid system. That's why I am a runner. Is that runner's high? <laughs> that, that release of anxiety. So um, addiction, when we look at it, it works in the area of the brain that's um, the basal ganglia, 
um, sort of the animalistic part of our brain. So the basal ganglia is sort of the area where uh, we get pleasure from eating, sex, sleeping, um, sort of that animalistic stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you have addiction, we have an abnormal amount of dopamine related to these substances in that area of the brain that's released. And dopamine is that happy neurotransmitter. So um, I'm sure you've seen it, like the the person with the alcohol use disorder who w walks around with that you know brown paper bag and won't eat yeah. because it will mess with their their buzz. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point in their disease process, they get more dopamine from drinking than they get from eating. Right. Hmm. So that's sort of where addiction lives in the brain, um, and you know THC. That's sort of where it works. You know, um, people smoke it, eat it. You know, and we get this decreased anxiety levels, you know, your your blood pressure drops a little bit, you know, it's just this general relaxation, sort of similar to the runner's high. So are you saying then because of that release of dopamine that one gets when they get high, that marijuana is in fact addictive? Oh, absolutely. Because we've had, we've heard arguments, I feel like both ways that there isn't, you know, scientific data proving that it is addictive, but then we've also heard well, there isn't a lot of really data that it isn't addictive. So you, you've got to look at, um, I mean, we, we have a bunch of data. There is a cannabis use disorder. The, the issue is, so when I, so there's 12 criteria, you go through the criteria, determine what level of substance abuse issue you have, if it's mild, moderate, severe. You know, the, the issues with cannabis is um, the, probably the biggest one I look at when I, I determine if someone has a substance use disorder is um, continued use in the face of negative consequences. Mm. So cannabis has a lot less negative consequences than someone using heroin or fentanyl and shooting up. You know, they get possession charges, they get, get overdoses, they have all these negative charges, whereas marijuana, you you smoke and you sit at home and watch TV. Right, and if you get caused, just probably a ticket Yeah, for the most part. So, um, and, you know, the withdrawal is more that um, anxiety, you know, maybe not sleeping, your appetite goes, you know, it's not the same degree as with, like, a different substance like alcohol or opiates. And I know when you, like, on, on the opiate side when you're doing that, um, I know, like, crack cocaine was the same, um, heroin, that kind of stuff. You're always chasing that initial high you mm -hmm. got with your first dose. Is marijuana the same, or is it different? That's sort of hard. Okay. <laughs> no, so everybody's receptors are different. Everybody's going to tolerate mm. the medicine. I mean, tolerance develops with cannabis. There's no question tolerance develops. So that's sort of what happens with these other substances, why we need more and more to chase that high, because we develop tolerance. I just, you know, I think tolerance develops at a different rate okay. associated hmm. with cannabis. And again, we're looking at negative consequences, okay? So you're smoking more and more weed, but you're still not ha having negative consequences. What are some of the, kind of speaking of negative consequences, kind of in a different way, but what are some of the negatives, uh, whether you are smoking, eating, chewing, all the ways that you can consume marijuana these days, what are some of the negative consequences of doing that, though, physically? So, so I mean, we got to look at a couple different age groups. Um, I wrote down some statistics because it's actually pretty scary. I mean, so 25 to 50 percent of people who smoke cannabis on a daily basis will develop a substance use disorder related to it. Hmm. But then we look back at, you know, teenagers who are have a developing brain, right? right. Um, and the scary part is, you know, with the way cannabis is going, most of society thinks it's harmless. And it's not harmless, you know. So kids less than 17 
who smoke daily have a 400% chance of developing a cannabis use disorder. Wow. They are three times more likely to drop out of school, eight times more, or three times greater risk of dropping out of school, eight times greater risk of trying other drugs, and seven times greater risk of suicide. So those are some negatives that we, we have the data to support. You know, you've got this brain, and then you look at these young adults who, um, you know, and it's, you know, a chicken and egg, the ones who develop psychosis and, you know, schizophrenia, you know, maybe they're predisposed from family history, and the, the cannabis was just a thing that sort of tipped them over. Maybe they were, the cannabis did it. We don't know. I was going to ask because I know we've had a lot of instances where the carts and the high dose of THC mm-hmm. has sent kids, in particular teenagers, into psychosis. Yes. Um, so I just... No kidding. Yeah, really? yeah. Yeah. It's really harmful to kids, especially at the high doses that are in those carts and the vape cartridges. Um, so parents, you know, if your kids are having vapes, you need to make sure that, number one, they probably shouldn't. But number two is to make sure that it's not marijuana. Yeah. What is it? Your brain is fully developed around like 24 or 25, yeah. right? So, okay. So then what about these negative, physically, you know, negative impacts for someone, let's say, over the age of 25? I mean, trouble concentrating. You become dependent on it for that anxiety mm-hmm. relief or that, you know, issue sleeping. It's I wouldn't, like, physically, you know, maybe you gain weight. Um, there is some theory about white matter development early on where, you know, um, chronic use will lead to inability, inability to co- concentrate and stuff like that. So it's more of a mental. Mentally, yeah. Mentally. Um, and I think, you know, in the next 20 or 30 years, we're going to see people, you know, in the 70s smoking that weed every day. You know, we know what happens. You know, we don't see a bunch of people with dementia. I, I think long term smoking this potency we're going to see some long-term outcomes with neurological effects. Hmm. Because there is no doubt the potency of today's marijuana is not the potency of 60s and 70s. Absolutely right? not. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I just yeah, want to make yeah, that are perfectly you, clear. Yeah. Are you able, because that's something Sophia and I have hit on, I feel like in every conversation it, we've yeah. had thus far, it's, not uh, the same. it's just not the same marijuana. No. Can you kind of pinpoint the differences when it comes to you know the marijuana of the 60s and 70s versus today no i mean that's it's just you know guys who are breeding it specifically for higher thc quantity so but there is a lot more thc in today's version of marijuana than back then and you know again we we know that it affects brain development um so we're, we're using this substance this is you know 60s 70s weed we knew it would develop mess with brain development so now we're looking at people who are smoking stuff, you know, 80% stronger, you know, there, there is going to be effects, you know, I would, you know, I'm not, I would be not be surprised that, you know, in 20 years, we see more early onset dementia and stuff hmm. like that, as a result of smoking. But again, I have no, I have no data to support this. Well, I'm it hasn't just, been studied like that yet, right? No. To that extent. We don't have long-term effects right. at no. this point with the marijuana of today. Yes. We just maybe have some studies that came out from maybe the 70s, but it's not the same. So they're I don't think you can really say that. Well, even then, we probably don't have longitudinal studies looking at, because, again, this was a, um, a class one. There was no medical mm-hmm. purpose. So, you That's know. That's a good point. Okay. There is no long-term studies of just normal cannabis. Okay. But, you know, I, I see a lot of people who have been smoking weed for 60 years, and they seem to be. Just fine. Neurologically. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say just fine. Well, you Barely see intact. Them, but yeah. Wait. And you see them, and maybe it's people, because I remember growing up, you know, you always knew who the potheads were because yeah, mm-hmm. they were lethargic. They just didn't want to do anything. Yes. They were just kind of lazing about. And 
didn't have any kind of desire to kind of push forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I've always equated, you know, marijuana use is just it just takes away that drive, takes away the passion. Like the commercial, it makes nothing happen, you know. Um, So it's it's interesting to me that that even people would just I, I get I get there's benefits to it. But as I've said before, I'm a firm believer that we are over medicated. We are avoiding the issues that we need to actually address to be healthy individuals. And that's emotional work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we want to cover it up and win the quick fix. Give me the pill. Give me the joint. You know, let me get rid of this feeling I have. Um, but the but it's still there. So we're constantly chasing this. Yeah, we're treating the symptom and not the problem. Yeah. Which, which I, is kind of a, a good segue, Sophia, too, because obviously we've talked about the um, negative impacts physically from just recreationally yeah. smoking marijuana. But then what are your thoughts in terms of it being medically prescribed? And I uh, see you smiling. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you're about to say. No, so, you know, there there's I, there is data, right? And there is, you know, glaucoma, you know, there... Um, well, Sophia just said anxiety, sleep-deprived yeah, folks, you know. Let's... let's preface that right this is a a central nervous system depressant chronic use can lead to worsening anxiety you know smoking it a couple times a week after a hard day of work is equivalent of having a a couple drinks which it's not going to lead to worsening anxiety but a chronic user who's smoking a couple joints every day um that will lead to worsening anxiety because you know that their body's going to become more and more dependent on it to treat their anxiety and then we remove it and they go now is that from an emotional addiction standpoint or sort of physical addiction well it's going to be a, a, both both okay i mean you know the, their body is going to stop so it, it's more like with alcohol the more you drink the less your body produces other gaba which is the thing that sort of relax relaxes you and you become more dependent upon um the alcohol is similar thing like your body is going to produce a little bit less of its own stress relieving uh, and you're just going to get triggered and you know every time anytime you get stressed that's going to be your coping skill i mean this like you said this is all of all of substance abuse is when you get down to it uh an issue with coping sure yeah right i mean you might have a genetic predisposition but it's really when you look at it you know these people don't know how to cope Mm -hmm. you know they were abused as a kid or you know their type a personalities they they work at 100 miles per hour. I mean, I've met those. Yeah. Do we know anybody like that, Kim? Yeah, right? Maybe a few. But that's, yeah. I mean, I know I've met successful potheads, and, you know, they, they work their butt off, and they, they use it like um, like a drink, you know, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably don't drink. No, and they don't cook, <laughs> yeah. drink. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's, all, it's all a disease of coping. Yeah. Okay. You know, we are a society that wants a pill to fix it totally agree which is the root issue that yes. we've also always come back and like i said yeah. we're, we are treating the symptom and not really the underlying problem sure. here what you just said it yeah. is coping yeah i actually have never heard it put so bluntly i like that i still i still am trying to get to your your true feelings or beliefs or you know uh, scientific thoughts on whether you think though a, like a medical card a medical prescription for marijuana is a good or bad thing i think you guys talked with nate i, I think um and sophia and myself talked about it i i, I think that there was a solid point in that this isn't um regulated right? yeah the dosage of it isn't yes. regulated yeah if, yeah and, you know if it was though tim we would have to do studies based off of what 
dosage would what work. dosage yeah. would work most appropriately yeah and like you said everyone's different so yeah. is that even possible yeah and you know and my thing is too and i think i talked to you off of air kayla last time um and we talked about okay we do chemo yeah we do all these things i mean i've gone in for treatment to get iron infusions um but i have to go to the facility to do it and i can only use it there mm-hmm. right is this something that we could do using a facility like that where it's regulated there, the dosage is regulated for those specific things like um, epilepsy, like glaucoma, like those kinds of things? Is that something that you could see as beneficial? <laughs> so again, I wish people I, could see him so, right now. Um, <laughs> so that kind of regulation to me, I mean, that sounds like a methadone clinic. And if I'm putting that level of regulation on it, I'm saying that marijuana is as dangerous as opiates. Wow. So I've, I have a hard time with that thought process. Do I think, you know, there are prescription THC combinations for, you know, uh, epilepsy. There are drugs out there that have been produced using THC for these issues. Um, I, I hear, I mean, I, it's a point, but then I, I just look at, you know, this is, if we don't control where people drink alcohol. And again, alcohol costs the healthcare system billions of dollars every year. And not, that's not even look at the legal, you know, the legal costs on your side. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to put it in perspective of the other substances, you know, and, you know, where I put it. Okay. So then do you think moving forward, and let's just put it on, on as a state, on a state level, Let's say in the next couple of years they do, in fact, legalize marijuana. Let's just say medically. Sure. What kind of impact do you think that will have on Hoosiers? I think all my patients are going to have medical marijuana cards. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. And, well. and yeah. I mean, so I actually, I, I, I run into this a lot with patients who are like, I just wish it was legal here. Well, mm-hmm. Right. And, and right. I have to explain to them, I mean, that doesn't change the substance. You know, alcohol is legal and alcohol it use disorder is the leading substance abuse disorder right because it's legal Mm -hmm. so but again these patients don't have those negative consequences so they're like oh you know if it was legal it'd be okay but it's like no i have a lot of patients also who are like they're involved in the legal system they get off the legal system they start smoking marijuana again they're like oh i'm just going to smoke and then the marijuana leads them back to other stuff so even though marijuana might not be the issue it leads them back to heroin meth we know we had on, uh, as I mentioned, State Representative Bob Morris from the State House. We know that probably within the next year or two, there will be legislation that, that tries to essentially move the legalization of marijuana forward. Sure. We know it's going to happen. Let's say, Tim, that you got the phone call that said, hey, Doc, we need you to come down here uh, under the floor and debate and or prove why it should not be legalized. What would you say? If you had that phone call and you had to go up here at the state house, <laughs> so first, I'm really putting you on the spot. No, you are, but you know. So I'm not against marijuana. Um, I, I think there are there are reasons to use it. Again, alcohol is legal. That you know, alcohol you know causes way more issues in my mind. Um, but it would be more. We we just don't have a good way to test them, right? You know, if they get pulled over and we're concerned that they're under the influence, how how do we know that they're they smoked yesterday and not? 10 minutes ago you know how do we um for people who work in jobs where you're not supposed to be under the influence you know how do i how do i know a a surgeon was 
well, we would never, they would never allow us to do that. Let me preface it. But like, <laughs> you know, the day before, you know, the night before they smoked compare in not the morning of surgery. You know, I think it's just more of a matter of um, being able to test appropriately, like a point of care test. That's the part that would stop me, want me to slow it down. Con- conversely, though, what would you argue for it? Alcohol so- is legal. Okay. <laughs> well, that, you do, but that is like the common argument right now, right? That we all know alcohol isn't good for us. Um, it can lead lead to harmful physical, mental impacts. But yet, most Americans drink these days. So you do hear the argument, and sometimes it is hard to refute that. Yeah, and we can't smoke in public places because we have smoking bans. Right. Um, and I hate the smell of cigarette smoke just as much as I hate <laughs> the smell of marijuana. So, but I know it's more prevalent. I mean, you go down to Indy, it's not even legal here. And you walk down the streets of downtown Indianapolis and it's all you smell um, everywhere. Cars drive by and that's what you smell coming out of cars. So it's. I was just in New York City last month and I was like, whoa, like you couldn't walk anywhere. I just thought the whole, first of all, the whole city reeks anyway. But I mean, it just was, it was disgusting because it just smelled like marijuana everywhere you went. Mm -hmm. It was foul to me and now i walked I, I came back to indiana i thought well that's the one reason i don't want to legalize it it's simply yeah, because at of least the smell. i can't smell the liquor when i walk no, in it, somewhere i mean and, and there are reasons right i'd rather have someone using cannabis than opiates yes you know, if, if cannabis Agreed. controls your pain i would rather you smoke smoke some weed than get on a bunch of percocet every day which can lead to more issues. And then wouldn't there be the concern, too, because I know just with Sophia, um, I mean, you guys aren't even allowed to use yeah, um, CBD, oil. CBD oil or anything like that. I mean, there is also then this concern. Obviously, you don't want your surgeon, you know, drunk operating on you. But I think it's all pretty clear when someone is under the influence yeah. of alcohol. I also just do think about this other element of someone who's shown up high to work, whether even a GM working on the latest Silverado truck, yeah. working with heavy machinery and equipment, or someone like Sophia, a doctor, what have you. You know, how do we also go about regulating and controlling that? That's the other layer that I get a little bit concerned about, just because, again, I feel like we can recognize alcohol use pretty quickly. And, and at least for me, marijuana, I can't always tell if someone's high or not. Sure. From a, I mean, I think a bunch of organizations will still decide, you know, like even if, if it became legal here, the uh, Board of Medicine is not going to let doctors yeah. use marijuana. And and maybe it would change if we had some form of testing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, until that's in place, you know. But even so, I mean, it's the greater, you know, as you use it consistently, though, you know, you, you, your cognitive abilities go Absolutely. down. Absolutely. So, for me, I just think it's just like a no-brainer. You just don't use it. I mean, I can, and this is me. I don't, I don't have an alcohol problem. You know, if I if someone tells me I can't drink for the next year, okay, yeah, I, I can pass that up. Not a problem. Um, but I, I do enjoy a glass of wine every now and again, yeah. or something like that, and I do that. But same girl, same. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little more lately, but um, but but I don't ever see myself as like a marijuana user. Yeah. Um, and I. Like I said, I just think there's just well, you would much. probably never even be allowed, even if it was legalized. Yeah, I as, would a, never as be an officer, there's an no officer. way you're gonna no. ever. No, prop. but you know, you think about everything though. Mm-hmm. People building our cars, people working on our streets. People, these are all dangerous things with heavy equipment, machinery that we're using. People at sawmills, people, yeah, you know, driving a bus. I mean, and we do have tests that we can do to kind of see where people are, um, if they're high or not on on other drugs. Yeah, you know. 
but it takes a long time and you have to be willing to do that. Yeah. So, so I guess, okay, moving forward, because we're coming up on the end of the show, how would you like to see this all play out? In your dream world, you can wave a magic wand, and you know, because at the end of the day, this conversation is here and yeah. this is a threshold we're going to have to to cross, whether it's legalizing it medically, legalizing it uh, on the whole for, for business reasons or what have you. How would you like to see this play out? And you get your magic wand here, so. I think, um, well, uh, and let me just add one more thing. You know, the number one substance of abuse in fatalities is cannabis. No kidding. I did not know that. It's, you know, throw on probably other substances on top of it, but cannabis is there. So I I think the first and foremost thing for me would be um, we need to educate the public that it's not a harmless substance, right? But alcohol is not harmless. You know, we just need to educate people and let them make their own choices. Um, You know, I I would want more, you know, for me, it would be research on knowing doses for epilepsy, for glaucoma, for all these different things, you know, using it appropriately and being able to sort of spot test them on the spot. Those are the three. Yeah, I think that would be fair. You'd have to be almost able to do that, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, since we brought up alcohol a lot, too, would weed, marijuana, whatever we want to call it, we learned all the names last week, would it be a better alternative to alcohol? We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, if there, if I don't know what long-term effects are, and that's the— you So know, come back in 20 years and ask yeah. you that in 20 years? <laughs> yeah. I mean, from an everyday use, sure, these people smoke marijuana. They sit around their house. They watch TV. They have the munchies. Yeah. They're not getting in the car. They're not usually beating their wife. Um, there is a lot of positives, but mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from a healthcare standpoint, you know, what— what is the cost of the healthcare system from marijuana use going to be in 20 years? Yeah. Well, Doc, Sophia said it. I know that you have a crazy busy schedule, so we're glad that you were able to make the time to come in here today. I, there, truly, I said it in the beginning, there's just not enough people that do what you do. So thank you for doing what you do. Sophia, do we have anyone lined up next week for this Pot Talk series? No. <laughs> we are working well, on here, some things. Well, I'm actually glad to hear that because we've had a lot of questions come in via email and our text back line, all, you know, marijuana related. So maybe what we'll do is try to cover some of those next week. And then in the meantime, if you do have your questions or comments or concerns, what have you, anything related to marijuana, you can shoot me an email, kblakesley at wowo.com or text us on our text line at 46862. Until then, you can listen to all of our previous episodes, uh, not necessarily just about marijuana, but all of the previous episodes that we've had here on Unholstered. Anywhere you can download the Unholstered podcast, you can listen at your leisure by doing so. Just search for the podcast Unholstered. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.